Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Joining us today on this rip is Mutinous. This is his second time back on the show, but since the first time he was on here, he's been behind enemy lines. He wanted to know what's going on in the world of shitcoins. How are they getting so much funding? How are they getting so much traction? How are retail being sucked in? How are they getting dumped on? He has an incredible story to share, and we will all be much wiser after listening to what he has seen from behind the curtain. The next episode I'm going to drop is with Jonathan Kirkwood, who is on the BC uh, Bitcoin uh, venture capital scene and invest only in Bitcoin companies. So you'll see a stark difference of the two worlds. I hope you enjoy it. Reach out to Mutinous. He's always happy to connect with the plebs. Uh, before we get into the show, please make sure you are stacking some sats. It was great to meet loads of you plebs over in Amsterdam. There are some options for you to stack. If you are in the US, you can use swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. We'll unlock a free $10 worth of Bitcoin for you. If you want to use Swan Private, that is a global service and one I certainly recommend. Get in touch with either myself or Corey directly and they can walk you through it. These guys are also putting on the Pacific Bitcoin Conference, which is going down in November. If you want some tickets for that, use the code PRINCE, you'll get 10% off. And you can hit the links in the show notes as well. Coin Corner, based in the Isle of Man, got to meet a lot of the team in Amsterdam. They're doing great work. Everybody that attended the conference got themselves a bolt card. So I hope those of you out there are playing around with it and using it. They're a great company. You can set up your auto buys, you can smash buy, and they're doing great work in the space. Thank you. Danny, Molly, and everybody else that I met in Coin Corner, uh, from Coin Corner in Amsterdam. You can also stack with Relay, R-E-L-A-I.ch forward slash bits. And Julian and the team are doing great work. They've been on the show many times, long supporter of the show. I'm a long supporter of their service. They've got some big news coming up. They're going to be able to make buying Bitcoin very easy. So onboarding your new friends is going to become seamless. If you want to get your coins off of these exchanges and then into a coin join service, which is a rabbit hole, very worth exploring. I was hesitant at first. I've now enjoyed my journey down the rabbit hole. Max Hillebrand was on recently. You can, sh you can find that show with him to learn more about what Wasabi do. WasabiWallet.io. You download it on your desktop, you create a wallet, hit a receive address, send some sats in, see if you like the process of coin joining. And then of course, you need to stack safely. You can use a hardware wallet or a signing device. Bitbox02 by shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten gets your 5% discount on that particular piece of hardware. Make sure you can get across to Prague. It's about to start Liberty in Our Lifetime conference. I'm looking forward to seeing you all there. Guys, I really appreciate everybody listening, sharing, and doing whatever it is, and the banter on Twitter, of course. Enjoy this show with Mutinous. 
All right, we're recording. We're we're back with Mutinous because this is the second time you're coming on the show, brother. Good to good to see you again. Good to be here as always, um, Daniel. And Lauren is going to kick off fire the question away. Lauren, what have you got? Um, so my question is, what is crypto? And if you don't know what crypto means, it's <laughs> crypto coins. What is that? Crypto coins. How would you define a crypto coin, otherwise known as a shit coin? But uh... <laughs> Yeah, so um, Bitcoiners refer to um, such coins as shitcoins. In a more diplomatic way, they are referred to as altcoins. Alt is short for alternative. So anything that is not Bitcoin is uh, is referred to as altcoin or alternative coin. Or, um, you know, a, a, a more extreme way, we call them shitcoin because we refer to those coins as, as worth nothing. That's what you already understood? Or did you learn anything new then? I learned about how they say like alt. Alt. Okay, yes. A-L-T, which is short for alternative. Yeah, there you go. There, you, You're always going to learn something when you have a conversation. Yeah. So why do you think then that we believe that they are worthless when some people think they're worth lots of money? Um, I don't know about that because it's a pretty philosophical discussion, like what is value and who decides what value is. Um, it's very subjective in that sense. But when it comes to altcoins, um, I think it's because of the manipulation that is happening um, that is not there to provide value for humanity, but is there to provide value for um, its creators and founders and VCs. So that's why um, they are being targeted by Bitcoiners um, and they are referred to as shitcoins by Bitcoiners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Excellent. Well, we're going to get deep into this discussion then. So do you want to say uh, goodbye and thank you? Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. All right, cool. So you've been on a journey. Where did this all begin? What was the impetus for uh, for you deciding to, um, you know, look under the hood of of that world? Yeah, that's an interesting question because unlike most people, um, they came across Bitcoin through the um, the route of um, altcoins. In my case, I came across just Bitcoin. I knew nothing about um, altcoins and I was never interested in altcoins. Um, but then I was like, like very curious, why do people buy altcoins? Can't, can't they see like the vast, vast majority of them are like pure scams? Um, and, and the way I would observe it, because back in 2015, I was conned. Um, and that took me into the con artist rabbit hole. So I started to develop this ability to identify things and see what is not right and what is right. So, so and when it comes to altcoins, I was like very curious, like why do people buy altcoins? And the other question is, was triggered by actually, or a statement more like, um, when Jack Dorsey accused VCs of enriching themselves um, only. So by the ethos of, of Bitcoin, don't trust, verify 
I was like, you know what? I'm not going to have a stand on this. I need to find out the truth by myself. And the best way to find the truth was to be an insider because I read so much about altcoins that I couldn't really get myself into really understanding what is happening behind the scenes. So I think the best way was to be an insider. Right. Okay. So when you were conned, we we talked about this on our original episode, so anyone can go back and listen to the full story there. But this was still in fiat land, right? You you weren't conned in uh, in the Bitcoin space. That is correct. Yeah, in fiat land. And what was that? That was um, what was the quick story? A uh, quick story is like I'm, I met a couple of uh, couple of guys. They told me about this financial instrument that is that could generate so much money, and I did some put so much money. Um, and um, it turns to be a scam, and I was mad at myself. How could I not see the facts that were in front of my eyes, but instead I chose to believe in um, becoming a millionaire, um, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Mm. So when you see these influencers now on YouTube, uh, you know, just throwing out all of these kind of nonsense trading ideas um follow this trading pattern follow this technical analysis from like you know a 27 year old kid sitting in his basement like with with a green screen behind him making it look as though he's on a on a beach or in a in a boardroom or something what's going through your mind um that's so i'm going to talk about different things including um influencers including the blockchain the projects the founders the vcs and um the so-called um crypto media as well okay Um, and the communities as well and what happens in terms of manipulation of such communities but on, on that particular question um so those so-called traders influencers um they show whatever is beautiful and they show the money that they earn or supposedly earn, and they manipulate manipulate you in a subtle way so that you believe that you can do it just because they did that in the past. And they share stories and they build narratives accordingly. Um, and they lure you into their land, making you believe that, you know, you can do it as well. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, what, let, let's start at the beginning. Um... Go for it. Tell us, tell us exactly everything that you found out and how you managed to do it. All right. So, so speaking of how, so I know nothing about anything other than Bitcoin. Like I know Bitcoin fairly well, but the rest I have no understanding whatsoever. So I did my own research and I wanted to be an insider, right? So I chose a particular blockchain and I read everything about this blockchain. And then I decided instead of just, you know, um, um, reaching out to the founders or the creators of any projects within that blockchain um, to, you know, ask for a job, I said, no, there's a better way for me to to do that. So I joined their Discord. And at that time, Daniel, I knew nothing about what Discord is or what Telegram is. <laughs> so I joined their Discord and I start, started to provide value. So by helping other members or users or hodlers of that particular blockchain, by helping them with information and what to do and how to do it, etc. So I built a name for myself. Um, and as a result of that, people started to reach out to me, asking me for questions. And 
I came across one particular DeFi project that I thought maybe that's the one that I should target because it's new and I want to see what is happening right from the beginning all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I have done is same as with that particular blockchain, I joined the DeFi project Discord channel and their Telegram and I started offering value. And then I would um, develop analysis and I would share with the founders of that project uh, to make a long story short, they liked me and then they offered me a job as a community manager and later on as a foundation team member. Okay, holy shit. So you were on the inside, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, What did you find out? Um, so when the project was launched, everyone in the team received just free tokens, just out of the blue. And I was like, you know what, <laughs> is, is it as simple as that? So it's just like, you know, to, to keep the motivation up. And there was a lot of positivity because it's the beginning and everybody's, you know, talking, talking about hype and stuff like that. Um, so what, what I have observed, so... The founders of this DeFi project um, had a background in Wall Street. Um, so they, 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 they like to call themselves as Wall Street veterans. Mm-hmm. So this message, Daniel, is repeated over and over and over by the project team members um, so that it creates credibility without mm-hmm. in, even mentioning credibility. Like, you know, as if you're saying, if this guy is coming from Wall Street, then he must know something I don't. He's much more smarter than me. He knows better than me. So I should trust this guy and his project as well. So until you reach a point where actually the hodlers of this particular DeFi project, hodlers of its token, they start doing the same. Like they start to, you know, mention uh, the founders and their background and how smart they are. So they're doing the marketing on your behalf just because you were shilling them. <laughs> the same message over and over. Now, what is the shilling for founders here? It's one of the roles is to give them media exposure. So we were asked to go and look for media companies, crypto media companies, um, so that they could take every opportunity to be hosted on podcasts, on other platforms. They would write articles, tweets, and retweets. Um, so the founders were obsessed with numbers. And this is a critical point here. So when when, it, when the token is doing really well, they brag about it in a subtle way and leave the room for imagination. Thinking of the future, what will happen in the future? Um, but when the prices go down, it's always an external thing that caused that. It is not us. It's the macro market condition. It is FUD, etc. And never that is, and and at the same time, never that is. Hodlers lost a lot of money and are exiting at a loss. Or they talk about their adoption. Um, so. The number of new users in the Discord, let me just clarify that because it's quite challenging to explain. So when you have negative news, um, when it comes to the price of that token, they would shift the narrative towards something else. They would tell you, look at the adoption in terms of number of new users in our Discord or Telegram. The number of transactions has increased by X percentage. The increased liquidity, you know, refer to refer to as TVL, 
um, which is total value locked. <laughs> like every, every, even an average person knows that this, the so-called liquidity can come in and out very, very quickly. So as a metric, that means absolutely nothing. Or they talk about, we're building a new product or a new feature and they hype it, hype that up um, so that people would, you know, start, you know, continue to believe in the project. The hodlers continue to believe in the project. Now, when it comes to VCs, they the founders would brag about the VCs and the name of VCs that supported the project because that gives the project legitimacy, like as if they were successful somewhere else and now um, they're here. But some of the VCs are just like, you know, rich crypto guys who came in early and knew nothing about, <laughs> about anything, actually. Um, but they're there to, you know, make some, you know, double or triple their money and they exit very, very quickly. Um, and they don't share much to the public of how much the VCs paid for a particular token and when are their, um, their tokens will be unlocked. They, can share, they will share something, but not the whole story. I'll stop right there. All right. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot to um to carry on exposing here. So I've been subject to these uh, people myself when they come looking for media exposure. I'm getting emailed, God knows, I don't know, once or twice a week from randoms who are just reaching out to try and force their CEO or new founder onto the Bitcoin, uh, the Once Bitten podcast, which is a Bitcoin podcast and nothing else, but they don't care. I even had some real estate blockchain legacy, kind of really badly written email, like full of grammar mistakes the other day, reach out begging for their CEO to come on and share with the audience the, this new, bright, great, crazy, beautiful, shiny thing that's going to make everybody rich. It's... Uh, it, it, and I'm just one podcaster, right? I can't imagine what the other guys are getting that have much bigger listenership. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And, and you know what? I have so much respect and admiration for people like you, Daniel, because there's a lot of money here and, and the temptation is quite high. Like we, what we used to do is we used to look for Podcasters, content creators, anyone who would chill um, their project. And um, sometimes they would pay them, you know, all at once. Sometimes it's a revenue sharing um, stuff. But, you know, those podcasters, so-called influencers, most of them, they know nothing about crypto or the technology or the software. They just, you know, shell what is what looks shillable to their people. And the only difference is that they have the numbers as in followers behind them. And what do they do? Is that they shell you an X token. Um, and then after a period of time, when it 10Xs or 20Xs, they will tell you, okay, we share this alpha or gym or whatever, and as if you lost an opportunity. So that you believe just by following the so-called influencer then you have access to alpha or gems in the crypto space. But almost every time you buy an alt, um, alt token, <laughs> it's, it's always too late. You're buying as an exit liquidity. Simply, they have taken money from your pocket into their pocket and they left your pockets, you know, with nothing in there. And the vast majority of people, like I can claim 90, 90 to 95% 
in crypto, they lose money. Um, so why don't people hear about um, you know such losses? And all all they see is on crypto Twitter is you know this guy made like fifty x or whatever. Like out of five thousand dollars, he made one million. Of course, you hear about these stories because they want to brag about you know how smart they are. And nobody's gonna brag about losing money because you'd look like an idiot. And there's thousands and thousands of them. Just this morning, I saw one of these guys. I can't even remember what his handle is, and I wouldn't want to say it anyway because you know, fuck that guy. But he was talking about how he's um, turned four thousand dollars into a thousand Bitcoin, and now he's going to go buy his mother a house. And you look under the, you know, the comments underneath, and they're like, "Oh, you deserve it! Oh, such hard work! Go buy your mum this house!" And you're like, "God damn! Like th these are either bots that he's programmed to." Uh, you know, make these responses to try and stop the Bitcoin maximalists just calling him out for the, the scumbag he is. Or he's literally tricked that many people. But here, here's, here's where this loop closes with the influencers and the people begging for media exposure. The influencers, nine times out of 10, have just bought their following. Like they don't really have a true following. It might say, 150 to 400,000 followers of which X amount they've just paid for through some kind of following service. So you've got a con man conning a con man. And in the middle, you've got so many people that are just desperately trying to find a fucking way out of this fiat mess. And they're grabbing onto this message because they they see it as hope. They see it as this could be something. Whereas really, it's just leading them further down the path of misery, and they're going to end up losing God knows what, maybe their houses. Yeah, we've heard so many stories about, you know, people in Luna Terra losing a lot of money, and some mm -hmm. of them were really public about it. And it's like really, really sad, because we're talking about average plebs, not like, you know, some rich millionaires who lost, you know, a million or two, and they can, you know, carry on with their lives. But, you know, some people that just, you know, bought that hope, you know, I have a shitty job, uh, I need to quit, and I want to quit, and that's, this is my way out. So um, I'll tell you more about what's, what happens when it comes to the community. Please um, do. So, so on the community front, so what happens is that the project itself, they, do, they will always talk about the future, what could possibly happen in the future, making you believe in that particular dream. Now, they will also talk about the solution that is in search of a problem, but it's not encapsulated in such a way. Like, for example, they would say, we want to unleash Bitcoin's potential or we want to make a bit, we want to make Bitcoin a productive asset. As if they're saying, you know, Bitcoiners are just hodling and hodling isn't really good and it's not really good for humanity and doesn't really help. So we're here to unlock that potential. One trillion dollar uh, worth of Bitcoin Blah, blah, blah. So this is a big factor in the delusion in altcoins, is the communities. In altcoins, a lot of people get sucked into communities and they end up being part of a what I call tech fan club. So they invest in a project, they learn about it, they join the Telegram, the Discord, the community, and they exist in that bubble of information, all telling each other, that is the hodlers, that um, they will be rich 
somehow, someday. Worshipping like the project, like a cult or a sports team. All brainwashing each other with, quote-unquote, research. Going down the rabbit hole of speculation and dot connecting until speculation and plans become fact and certainty. And then you have a new narrative, which is, I'm never selling. <laughs> so, and that's like a, a, a message that is, you know, self-fulfilling as well. So because it, it's contagious and affects other members. Like, if I sell today, what if the price goes to the moon tomorrow? Then I will, be, I will lose an opportunity. And the project, you know, the project and its founders, they love this. They cultivate this by reinforcing positive community messages and as if as if they want you to feel part of the team that makes people hold and even buy more with added bonus to the community members also do free work so what do community members do so they go on on you know social media and they do they do the marketing on your behalf across all social media and but also often working for free <laughs> on articles, content, podcasts, and moderations, finding those these people is exactly what the project wants. So, and if you have a question about the project, about the product or the token, like in a negative way, you're going to be labeled as someone who's sp spreading FUD. So other users will shut you down or the community managers will shut you down. So there's no tolerance for any negativity. Whatsoever, even even if it's objective, <laughs> and, and we're the toxic, psychopathic maximalists, right? This is the this is the crazy thing. Do you think there is any hope for these people in these communities that when they are eventually woken up to the fact that they were scammed, because this is just the way it's going to go? It's only a matter of time. This is the big fear. Do they just exit crypto in air quotes altogether? Or is that what they needed to find Bitcoin? I'm not sure, Danny, because I think it's a human nature that we would like or we like to gamble. And those people, they, you know, some of the users know it's like it's a shitty token. Like they know, but they just want to buy low and sell high before everybody else. And most mm. of the time it doesn't work. <laughs> um, so they they know the value of Bitcoin, but here's I, I, I came up, I came with an answer of why people buy altcoins um, instead of Bitcoin. And by the way, there's a lot of people who buy altcoins who are actually Bitcoiners. Like they know they have 90% in Bitcoin and maybe 10% in shitcoins. So why do people do that? It's because the chances of Bitcoin multiplying like, you know, 5x, 10x is very, very small in a short period of time. So they want to gamble with these so-called altcoins, especially with the, the ones with smaller market cap. Um, so they, they they just gamble and that's and they're fine with losing that. So but you have the, sm the young kids like early in, the, in their 20s. Those are the ones who have big dreams of, you know, buying the Lambos and stuff like that, who get crushed by the whole thing. So I'm not sure that they will find the Bitcoin path, but, you know, I'm sure that, you know, many, many, many people in crypto actually hold Bitcoin um, and they just don't say that because why should they? I mean, 
they just you know want to gamble with you know a small portion of their uh, wealth with uh, with uh, altcoins buying the lambos that is the absolute perfect meme so going back to the founders when they come up with this narrative of wall street veterans people have got to be aware of the fact that that in itself is most likely a lie and anyone can make some kind of profile up about themselves to make it look as though they've worked somewhere this is like classic boiler room uh you know narrative that is just has been done so many times in every other different sector that's ever been out there you know people can pose to be a real estate agent if they so want and trick you into believing that they've been in that business for 10 to 15 years and now they've cracked it and they're going to bring on a new blockchain put property on the blockchain buy this token and all this kind of nonsense and then the vcs they get sucked into that narrative because the vcs incentives are to back the next big thing these guys are sitting at these crypto funds in air quotes sitting on tens of millions of pounds or dollars which need to be allocated it's like use it or lose it so their incentive is to use it or they're going to lose the budget or they're going to lose their job either way so they've got to throw money at something and it's got to be done on the hurry up because the next great big thing is just going to appear tomorrow on a DeFi on a layer to ethereum solution blockchain that's going to go to the moon and if you weren't the guy that didn't invest in it then you're going to get called into the corner office and you know dressed down by your boss so the incentives as usual in fiat land are completely whack i absolutely agree um, and for that i'm going to talk about the the founders the background here Mm -hmm. Not those founders, like in general. And the other thing is the manipulation that happens actually um, when it comes to the, the products that they create as well. Um, mm -hmm. So so when it comes to, you know, creating or manipulating your background, and, and, and rightly so, you mentioned that, you know, anyone can go to LinkedIn and write whatever you want. And, you know, that's it. That becomes your new reality. And you can just post content as if you understand certain things. And for people like, you know, who don't understand these things like financial stuff, they see, you know, Lehman brother, Brothers in your bio or some big um, financial institution like BlackRock or Fidelity or something. They assume that you understand something that they don't and they, that, you're, that they're smarter than you. So they believe in, 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 in what I call the image, just like a con artist. You know, what you see is the bling bling stuff. You know, the car, the watches, the suits, etc. Like all seem to be expensive stuff, which is a, a reflection of success. This is what you believe in. Now, what's beneath the surface is something that most people don't dig into. They just never question, what if this guy is not telling the truth? Why is he saying um, in such a way? What is the motivation behind doing so or telling me to do so? Like these questions, most people don't, unfortunately, you know, understand or question just because they don't know. Unfortunately, sometimes you need to to be bitten, not just once bitten, <laughs> more than <laughs> more than once to actually understand what what has what what just happened to you. The other thing is the product here, and this is one of the biggest manipulation that happens in um, in altcoins, like in particular in DeFi. So you will have a token 
um, that they will talk about this token. It's you know what what um, the good stuff about this token and why you should buy this token and you know selling you the, the narrative about the future. Now, what they don't tell you is okay. So what happens is that this people start to buy this token. Hodlers will buy more. More users will come, and they will buy this token. So the price goes up, way up, because the pool of participants at the beginning were small, and more users came later on with the marketing and shelling and all of that. So the price skyrockets. Now what happens is that after this pump, of course, there's going to be a dump. So when it dumps like really, really hard, a new product is created on top of the original product. Let's say that the original product is called product X. Now the new the new product is called X2, which and they will tell you if you lock up that X2 product, then we will give you more of X token, um, and then the price will go up, you know, a little bit, um, a little bit up, and then when it starts to go down, they will create another product on top of the second product. So they call it the X3, which is and you know lock drop or you know whatever you want to name it. Like they, they will create a story and a synthetic product on top of a synthetic product, and that third product is gonna be entangled with another token, another shitcoin for another project, and they wanted to believe that this is expansion and we're growing, blah blah blah. So the whole narrative is, is it's like a Ponzi scheme, you know. You can maintain that as long as you have new people coming and the existing people still believing in that, so they buy more. But but you know for a fact that as soon as people start to, you know, question the project or the you know anything about it, they start selling, and then it's 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 ultimate demise will happen. So the project that I was a part of, it speak that that token reached three dollars. Um, and now it's worth two and a half cents. <laughs> so imagine. <laughs> and are they now still they're... trying to push a narrative even now of at course. two and a half cents? Of course, because now we are building something new, a new feature, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, and the, you know, the narrative is constantly changing, like, just like influencers, Daniel. Like, <laughs> You know, I used to reach out to influencers and they would tell me, like, you know what, like, um, and you, you need to pay me more. And I'm like, tell me why do I need to pay you more? What is the return on investment here? You're just shilling your followers and that's it. And and they were like, yeah, that's what we do. Um, and for that, you need to pay me more. So, and the, okay. the, other thing, the other thing, Daniel, that is crucially important that most people don't understand or mm -hmm. know is the crypto media. Mm -hmm. You know, the likes of, um, you know, Blockworks, Coindesk, um, etc. These are not media companies. You know, people watch them and listen to them as if they're like objective in the way they tell narratives and information. These are companies supported by the same VCs who do have tokens in other blockchains. So they will always push you the blockchains that they participated in uh, so that you buy such tokens. Like, in, in this altcoin, shitcoin land, it's it's just manipulation 24-7. There's no truth. Everybody's shilling. That is the conclusion that I came, uh, came about. So we saw yesterday 
Kim Kardashian pulled up by the SEC and fined $1.2 million for shilling uh, Ethereum X, I think it was called. God knows what even these things are called. How many... How are these conversations going with the paid shills? Like, what what do they want? What what are they? Do they want X amount for? Because there's that famous little Twitter sheet that went around. Like, X Y Z person is going to get two hundred and fifty grand if they if they tweet something saying they've bought this, or they get X amount if they retweet something just to show support on it. Is that what they want? These guys is like you know if you've got a YouTube channel. You call the guy up and he's like, how can we get our token on your show? How does that conversation go? Yeah, so you, you you call the influencer or the channel or the team and they're like, listen, we want to share our uh, token here. And they do, you know, the, <laughs> the legitimate ones, like the ones with a little bit more credibility, they would like, you know, ask you to fill in the sheet so that, you know, what they shall is like you know looks shillable at least like so that you know it's not like you know there's a rug pull or stuff like that so they want to keep their legitimacy and credibility to a certain extent so you fill in that sheet and then they will have a conversation with you like what are you what are you trying to achieve blah 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 and what's in it for me they keep on asking questions like what's in it for me in terms of how much are you going to pay me um and they focus on short-term um 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 agreements not long term because they want you know just it's like a hit and run type of approach they don't want this long-term agreements because you know a project can be here today tomorrow it just vanishes so um so i don't know like these are like i wasn't really handling much of those discussions but i handled a few and it made me feel like i'm, I'm sick to my stomach here like you know just like what's happening behind the scenes but i'll tell you something here this game will continue the incentive is there for brand ambassadors, you know, recognized celebrities. It's easy money for them. Well, you know, it's difficult to say, no, I don't want to be part of this. And they can pay you without actually, you know, proving that you get paid. You know, you, you, they can pay you in a certain address that nobody knows of, et cetera, et cetera. So the authorities may not know about this as well. Hmm. Because... These guys must be shaken in their boots now they've seen what's gone down with, with Kim Kardashian. If they've accepted money to shill a token, which is deemed a security, they have to be looking over their shoulder, surely. Do you think so? I don't really see that because there's ways around that as well. They can ask the project to pay in this particular address that nobody knows of or, you know, to other person as well. You know, the whole industry industry is shady. So <laughs> there's no regulation in, in, in that sense. Like the ones who are afraid, maybe the ones who are residing in the United States and there is a bit of transparency here in terms of disclosures and taxes. But, you know, we can, you know, you can be paid in a shit token and you can liquidate that into fiat anywhere in the world. So it's not that... What are your thoughts on that? Do you see it this way as well? Yeah, I guess. Oh, the mental gymnastics you have to do just to think through this shit is exhausting, right? Imagine living it. I just cannot, like, it's so scummy. 
But if you are approached by someone that is asking you to shill their token, you're making a very short-term contract, like you say, because you know, first of all, you know you don't want to be tied in or associated with this thing for too long, just in case the end is nigh, because you know the end is always nigh. So you just want to get it out to as many of your followers as quickly as you can and take as much money off that token as you can whilst you can. So you're taking, and where's that money come from, right? You're taking money that they have acquired from most likely a venture capital fund, which they've tricked into believing that they are ex Wall Street veterans or something, you know, blah, blah, blah. They've they've gone in and pitched the VC, a classic pitch. They've won that pitch. Now they get the the money to go out with the marketing budget. So they reach out to the influencers. So this money is ill-gotten in the first place. Then it lands on the influencer's lap, who doesn't want to be associated with these guys for too long, who's going to tell their 400,000 freaking followers, a million followers, whatever it is, go and buy this thing because it's the next greatest thing. And pull them into these toxic communities that is going to end up with them becoming part of this exit liquidity, which we talked about at the beginning. So do, do you want to explain exactly what you mean by exit liquidity for, for those people that might be, you know, kind of struggling with the, the terminology there? Yeah. So simply the VCs would put some money so that the project, they build some sort of a software, just a software. It's not like, you know, they're creating something new what they call it in innovation an innovative product or software was really just another software um so you've got people who are working behind the scenes to develop that software people working on community management etc like like myself so they need to pay you know salaries so that's where the bc money goes into now once you create something and you launch your project people will you know come and buy such tokens and the irony here, Daniel, I'll give an example. So imagine if Microsoft or um, IBM or Google came up with a sales brochure, just a sales brochure of a particular product that they're going to be building in the future that can do X, Y, and Z. Nobody's going to buy that uh, product before it's launched. <laughs> so what happens in 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 Altland um, and in shitcoins is that people buy stuff before they even invented or created. So that money goes to the project because you have created, or they, they promised to create a token out of thin air, obviously. So they have received that money. And the trick here is that we, you know, if you, if you buy this at a certain price, it will go up to um, 1x, 2x, 3x. And it does so most, most of the time. Like early buyers, they will get profits. So that's why people buy ahead of time. So the money goes to the project and the project, what do they do? They they just, you know, they give it back to VCs. That's simple as that. This has not like been shared with me or I have not seen or validate that, but it's obvious. Like it's, it's just creating money out of thin air. So the fiat goes into the project and the project goes into VCs. And the VCs, they have a locking period. So let's say, a particular project has a token of 1 billion token. Of course, that could change any time, but that's a different story for a different time. Um, so the VCs have a locking period of 
you know, anything between um, six months to three, four years. So that's what they share. So, and they bought at like cents, like one cent, 10 cents. I don't know what the price is depending on the project. So the money that you buy that token with, that fiat goes into the project and in turn it goes to the VCs. So in in, in, in simple words, um, your liquidity that you provided was used as an exit for VCs because they made their exes or profits and they just exit the profit or they sell it to somebody else, as simple as that. So your money goes into their pockets and they're done off to a new project as well. And there's something else at play here as well in VC land, behind the scenes, because once that first VC has been pilled on this new token their reputation is at risk especially that individual's reputation is at risk not only does he's carrying a lot of career risk but a lot of um, reputational risk as well within his little network so he's going to go out and start shilling this new token not only to his colleagues and his boss but also to his network and the other wider vc network who are now going to start listening in on this and paying close attention to it. And then they're going to use words like, this is a pre-seed round. Or then, this is the seed round, which is just after this. So you you might have to pay a little bit extra to get um, you know your hands on these to uh, tokens. Or this is seed A, or now we're on to seed B. And now we're going to series A. This is where it's really getting serious because they've got this third product that the community is all going crazy about and they can use all of this kind of um market research in air quotes that they're doing <laughs> to carry on orange excuse me black pilling the vc crypto community just to keep this whole fucking churn going and it's it, the whole thing is so disgusting yeah absolutely but the way i see it is that because because i went into that rabbit hole of understanding you know I wanted to be an insider, so I need to understand what is happening behind the scenes before I become an insider so that I can provide value what is happening. What I came to realize is that the game has changed. So that was the case pretty much in, in the last, in the, in the, in the 2017-18 bull market where VCs did that. Now they do it in a subtle way. Now they would hire people, plebs, like average plebs, who would do the shilling on their behalf. Plebs with like, you know, 5,000 followers on, on Twitter all the way to 50,000. Um, so they don't appear as if like they're shilling because users now are much more intelligent than before. They, they, don't, they don't fall for the same trap over and over unless you're a new user in shit, um, shitcoin land. Um, so they would hire plebs with small following, uh, medium to small following to, the, to do that on their behalf. Um, but you know... It, the one thing that Danny, the Daniel, that is not mentioned is that VCs also lose a lot of money. I mean, if you look, because part of my job was to look for, you know, who's 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 providing money to which projects and what is happening in that space. There's a lot of people and companies putting money and they actually lose money because the vast majority of um, altcoins actually go down to zero and and they don't make money even for VCs. And, and the way I see it, Daniel, is that. We're never gonna get rid of this, and altcoins are there to stay because the incentive is there for companies to capitalize on that. And I'm not just talking about crypto companies. Like for example, um, you know, Starbucks, for example, 
they're incentivized to create some some sort of an NFT that costs them absolutely nothing, and they can monetize that. So why wouldn't they do that? <laughs> and it's not a scam for them. It's just like, you know, more like a, a loyalty program, some sort of a product that can generate interest from users, blah, blah, blah. That the, the number of conferences that's happening on altcoin land is beyond imagination. Almost every day there is like a conference or a summit here or there. Um, and those young kids are being, you know, not orange pilled, they're being pilled with toxic um, stuff. Um, and it's good that they're going to realize that some, the vast majority of that is toxic at a fairly young age in their early 20s. Let's hope so. All right, but where where to take this now? Have you have you been to any of these conferences yourself? I have not. Um, no, I I did not take part in any of that. And it was difficult for me because I was like acting, like I was pretending to be someone I'm not. <laughs> so that's, it was difficult. <laughs> that's, difficult. That's where that's where I was leading with that question. Like, how did it start affecting you? Uh, obviously it's different when you're if you're just doing like some kind of remote tasks and whatever else and you know reach out outreach on email that's that's different to like you know facing the beast or facing people that have been hurt by these things in an actual in real life conference or facing down the the freaking scammy bastards that set this thing up uh who I, and it, it, so Here's the thing that's said often in the space, right? Most of these things aren't scams. They're built by people that truly think they're trying to solve a problem. What do you think? I can agree to that to a certain extent. To a certain extent. But I think the vast majority is, uh, is just there to make more fiat for them. So... Who needs another faster blockchain or quicker or more secure, blah, blah, blah. Like, like there is like 20,000 <laughs> coins now and token. Like, do you need all of that to provide something of a value? Maybe they need, we need like three, four, five, maximum 10. I don't know. Don't have an answer. But surely you don't need 20,000. So for me, it was difficult because like one of my passions is that I give workshops on the history of money and everything Bitcoin. So I do that almost on a daily basis. So wearing that original hat is what I do. And wearing a different hat when I'm working for that project is difficult because it, seems, it feels like you're, you're you know, hypocrite. But I needed to keep myself focused on the mission. I need to understand what is happening to build um, knowledge for myself um, and hopefully share it. What were the main emotions that would go through you when you were like knocking your head up against the wall with this this crypto world? It was like mind blowing in terms of you know what what the fuck is happening? I thought it was ugly, but now I realize it's uglier than than what I thought. Um, and one of the reasons, actually, Daniel, is that I did that because like I've always had conviction that you know. Um, other than Bitcoin, the vast, vast, vast majority of these altcoins are just worthless. They, they, they don't solve a problem. Um, maybe some, someday, somehow, there could be something. I don't believe there's only going to be Bitcoin. I think there is going to be um, others as well. Um, but for me, 
and I have to be very transparent and open with myself when I say this, like some of the messages that are coming from Bitcoin maxis are not working. Like yelling at people and telling them that you're a scammer, blah, 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 doesn't really help anyone with anything. You just harden that person into their own position. So part of what I wanted to do is um, to, to, to expose what is happening in Outland without yelling at people or just telling them that just be aware of this and that, but telling them what actually happens behind the scenes and not just tell them these are just pure scams. So I wanted to ask you here a question. So mm -hmm. the Bitcoin Maxi message differs from one person to another. Like, um, would you agree on like on the narrative that you know BTC Maxis are in general not doing a good job? What are your thoughts on that? I think, I think, like you say, everybody's message is different, and the, the more differing messages we have, the better. If we were all just singing from the same song sheet all of the time, we would be in a dangerous, dangerous position. So to have some maxis with a, a, a way softer approach than those that just turn around and call, you know, you've got the, the both end of the spectrum there. You've got like the guys that say, right, that's a scam. Everything other than Bitcoin is a scam. And I see exactly where they're coming from. And I'm, you know, completely um, open to, the, to, to that mindset as well. Uh, then you've got guys that can just sniff out the con men straight away. Just by looking at them, they can, like, that guy is a definite con man. And when you just look at what he's like, you know, fucking Richard Hart and Hex, I mean, it's just so obvious. It's so obvious that, you know, I, I cannot believe anybody would, like, follow that guy. Anything that he says or tweets or does is is truly unbelievable. So to call that guy out as a scammer, like, yeah, hats off, everyone, just go for it hard line on this because he's not going to move anyway all you're trying to do is wake up the people that are following him and if you keep sending the same message enough do those people finally wake up i don't know but to to have an open dialogue with that guy is just pointless completely pointless people have tried uh and it's just never got us anywhere at all but on the whole yeah, I mean, define a maxi. I define myself as a maxi, um, but you know, I take a different approach. I don't go out there calling everybody scammers, uh, yeah. even though many of them most likely are. I would like to have uh, a better understanding of how their product is working. If somebody does come out and say this guy's a scammer, this is what they're doing. This is how they're doing it. That's awesome. You know, be really as transparent as possible. Uh, so you're going to have that knowledge now. So maybe this is going to be your new job, brother. You're going to be able to sniff these people out very, very quickly. I'm done. I'm done. After after you know this this episode is going to you know is going to be aired. Like I completely ruined any chances of <laughs> another shit shit uh, shitcoin project. Um, so so the other thing is that Bitcoiners seem to be comfortable with is, for example, stable coins. So. I don't know why they're comfortable with stable coins, in particular Tether. Uh, but that's like, the way I see it is, and there has been a lot of talk about Bitcoin maximalism and all of that. And I don't want to talk about that because there's far too many people talk about that. But it's just tribal, Daniel. So, you know, we exist in a tribe, sub-tribes, and we want to support our tribe. That's pretty much it. Yeah, 
of course, it's human behavior as well. But again, we do have to be very, very careful. This is why I love to see Bitcoin is arguing. Because if we weren't arguing, we would just be really in an echo chamber. At the moment, the echo chamber, if you, if you shout something into the Bitcoin echo chamber, you get 50 different responses back. It's not an echo. <laughs> like, you know, It's like, right, I want Taproot and you're going to get taken down by at least 50 Bitcoiners. And like, right, okay, what have I done here? <laughs> I want Segwit. You're going to get taken down like by at least 50 Bitcoiners. And then you can start having these discussions. I cook in cast iron pans. My fucking God, you're going to get taken down by the stainless steel gang in a very, very short amount of time or vice Absolutely. versa, right? So it, it is still uh, a really interesting space to to watch as we uh, as we grow and as new people come into the space and bring in different skills uh, from their different sectors and um, different experiences as well. Uh, and you bringing in the experience of and the humility to turn around and say, I was conned. I was conned. Very few people can say those three words, even though they've been conned many times in their life. It's a very, very tough thing, very tough thing to admit to. And people hate being a, you know, conned. This is why we struggle to tell people, you know, we need to fix the money, fix the money, fix the world, because they don't realize they've been conned by their governments, the people they really trusted the most by their currency which they have spent hours of sacrifice just to work for that worthless piece of paper that is being manipulated every single minute of the day and is losing value every single minute of the day when you tell people you've been conned they put up a brick wall immediately it's a very very difficult thing to face uh, so for you to come forward and say, you know, I was conned, that took me down a rabbit hole. I'm now trying to expose others, I think is um, we, we need way more people like you doing that. I appreciate that, Daniel. Um, really, really appreciate it. I believe that everybody is has been conned. And most of the time, they just don't know it. <laughs> so you might buy something and you've been conned. You still believe that it has value. Then, you know, things change and you sell it for, and then you realize, oh shit, man! I thought that this was something of a real value. Have on 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 the same note on on scammers and con artists. Have you been in? Have you been in the space when there was this so-called crypto queen? Yeah. So this is this has you know this is the interesting story for any Bitcoiner to to read. There's have you found called, her? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I read I read a book about her, like the the tactics that she used in scamming people. Like it's all manipulated carefully. Like the plan is there. It's not like these are like you know spontaneous actions. Like the plan is there, and this is what most you know shit coins do, <laughs> is that the plan is there. They just want to manipulate your emotions so they can you can buy and hold forever. <laughs> she was even a doctor, right? Yeah, she, no, she that, called that's what she doctor. called herself exactly. Yeah. But this is what the people in that community thought. Like uh, Doctor Ruja, I had to look up her name here. Ruja Ignatova. Yeah, uh, like, I mean, and she was, you know what? Like she was like somehow, you know, 
attractive and she resembled like women, women power and intelligence, you know, calling herself doctor and hype and influence over people, blah, blah, blah. And she came from a financial services sector as well, which gave her legitimacy as if, you know, she's going to create something better than Bitcoin, 10 times um, going to, you know, outperform Bitcoin, stuff like that. Thousands and thousands of people, lost, you know, lost money, almost 5 billion in total. And we'll talk about the early days in like in 2015, 16. So, and she's gone. So, you know, because I took that um, path towards a con artist rabbit hole, the downside of that is that whenever I meet someone, like what happens in my mind is like, this person is not worthy of my trust until proven otherwise, which is not something good, I think. <laughs> so you don't trust people. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Yeah, it, that's a very interesting topic because don't trust verify, right? This is the the, the tagline of of Bitcoin, but when you apply that to everything in your life, your everyday interactions with people, you find yourself in a very lonely, dark place very quickly. You know, if you cannot, I found this. When we, when I quit my job um, and we took the kids out of school and we traveled the world together as a family, I had had zero trust in people up until that point. I just wasn't interested in interacting with anybody other than the people in my direct network because I was just on the Fiat hamster wheel and I just got home in the evening. I didn't want to make new friends. I didn't want to meet new people. I didn't have time for them. It wasn't in my remit. It's like I work built my network, built my career, got my family. I cannot be doing another like afternoon, Saturday afternoon coffee with some random parent from the parents association. Like, no, like no fucking way. Sounds like <laughs> hell. But then when we started traveling and we had spare time, I had a complete um, restoration of faith in humanity because you just realize that people are helpful, wonderful, amazing people just random people in the street but then you have that small percentage that are there just to find an angle in a way to use you and control you and steal your time and your money absolutely and this will continue forever yep scamming people conning people and all of that you'll see that every day <sighs> Then now we're we're staying with altcoins for a very long time. Uh, All right, listen, uh, listen, listen. This on a positive note. Let, let's talk about the the workshops you do because the first uh, the first conversation we had, you were about to set those up or you just launched them, if I remember rightly. So yeah. let's talk about the work you're doing in the Bitcoin space to actually help educate people what Bitcoin is, what money is, and what it could mean for them and their families and their future. That that. The line I say at the beginning of every show, which is what this is about. Yeah. So um, coming from my own personal experience, um, which was a struggle, um, because I wanted to understand what Bitcoin is. And there were a few touching points back in 2013. I heard about it the first time. Then 2017, I did some research. I went to Wikipedia. I read the whole thing. And I understood absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I would like fuck it, but it's too complicated. Um, definitely a scam. You know the you know the usual story. 
So the 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 time I went into the Bitcoin rabbit hole was 2020, and it was by sheer coincidence. Um, I just saw a book that I wanted to read, and I'm like, okay, who's the author? It was an economist who talks about Bitcoin. I'm like, you know what? Let me just give it a try. I was bored and I read the book and then I was like completely shocked. I read it four times and then I went into reading more books, articles, listening to 20 podcasts, like completely obsessed. Like the normal, usual, you know, Bitcoin rabbit hole story. Six months to maybe 10 months, um, I've, I've done that. And then I'm like, shit, man, that's like, I need to educate the people for the normal story. Now, what I found an opportunity in the space is that most of the education that happens on Bitcoin happens in bits and pieces and in long formats. Um, meaning, if you want to go to a workshop, for you to understand the basics of Bitcoin, you need a good, a good 10 hours. That's we're talking about the basics of the basics. For someone to understand Bitcoin needs like more than you know a thousand hours, like really good, good understanding. So I've spent that time, but you know what? Like I can't just, you know orange pill people by spending a thousand hours with them they're, they're, they're not interested in listening most people daniel they, they will tell you um tell me about Bitcoin. what is bitcoin can you tell me you know in two minutes that's quite difficult because if they don't understand the history of money they will never come to understand or click when it comes to bitcoin so i designed um my uh, my material, which was there just to support my friends because they were asking me about stuff in Bitcoin. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to develop this presentation and then share it with them, like in a three, four hour format. That's it. And they just absolutely loved it. And then I would start to tell people about my workshops. And one person would refer someone else, both online and offline. And um, yeah, this is what I'm doing right now. Sometimes it's like three hours, sometimes it's six hours. My whole idea is to give the most important um, information about Bitcoin in just one single day and let them dig for more information if they have the appetite for that. And I will help them with resources. And you can do this. So you say you can do this remotely. So it's not like location independent. You can do this via Zoom. Is that how you do it normally? Yeah. Absolutely. Where can we find out more information on that if people want to check it out? Um, so people can refer to my Twitter, uh, which is Mutinous11. Um, and um, and the material is, is also there. <laughs> I did share it with everyone, um, with all the Bitcoiners who wants to, if they want to use the material and build on top of it as well. Excellent, brother. Well, that's... Um, and, and that how many people are coming? Are you finding it's uh, it's picking up steam? It's picked up a lot of steam at the beginning, and I wouldn't take more than six to seven people per uh, per session because that will dilute the value of the whole thing if we have more people. Um, but right now, bear market means bear market for everything. Mm -hmm. The interest is not as high as before. <laughs> People are like, you know, Bitcoin is dead. You know, for no coiner, no coiners, you know, Bitcoin is dead. You know, like it's frightening for them. Like, you know, from 90, from 69,000 to 20,000, like that's like a catastrophe for them. Is it the same in crypto land in the bear market? Or does the money still keep coming from the VCs that are just looking to churn this? The VC, so the narrative in in uh, in altcoins is that 
bear markets are uh, is the time to build. So biddle is the new narrative. So um, they're building um, and they put more money. Not not many people are buying because most of the altcoins they collapse a lot a lot harder than Bitcoin, and that's something that most people don't know. <laughs> yes, altcoins do pump harder than Bitcoin, but they actually crash harder than Bitcoin. Right. 90 to 95%. But people don't want to see this. They just want to see the upside. And now they know. And I was happy with the Terra Luna collapse because that converted a lot of people into Bitcoin as well. Um, they were humble about the experience. They were like, shit, man. Nobody can do that in Bitcoin land. So I'm going I'm to go to that island and, and never back again. Well, if if twenty thousand dollars is the equivalent to two and a half cents as a bottom, then which asset do you want to be holding at the end of the day? Um, you know, well, we we don't need to sell the you know the Bitcoin idea to anyone who doesn't want to believe in that. So, for Bitcoiners, like you know, the conviction is high. The number of holders is 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 um, increasing by the day. You may not see that because what, what you see is just negative news on so-called crypto media, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I learned the most after doing after going into this um, journey myself is that anything you see on Twitter, anything you see on Twitter, at best, look at it with a lot of deal of you know being skeptical about it. <laughs> Don't believe anything. <laughs> Even for Bitcoiners, I have to say that, but some Bitcoiners are using their platform as well to, you know what, use my products and services, blah, 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 which is completely normal. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, okay? But just don't tell me that you're a saint and then you do other stuff as well. <laughs> so the, the the media thing was interesting. I, um, is there any further story there? Basically, these crypto media companies are owned by the VCs that are owning the tokens that they're using this medium to shill. Right, we did cover that. There, there's nothing further really to say there. Yeah, the information is public, Dan. For example, like, you know, CoinDisk, um, like, just go to the website, look at that, you know, the backers and supporters, um, sponsors, etc., of that um, media company. It's it's quite public. And look at, you know, where they have participated. It's also public in the, you know, on their websites. Like, and then you want to question, okay, why are they covering this and not covering something else? It's mm -hmm. very obvious. You just, you know, you just dig, you need to dig inches deeper. It's not like you need to go into a completely new rabbit hole. It's, it's there. All right, man. Well, let's end it on the uh, the usual question. If you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? Oh, I came to the show unprepared for this question, although it's the most <laughs> obvious one. Um, I don't know. I'm from Jordan, so probably the king of Jordan. Why not? I know you can make that happen. All you got to do is get that uh, that dinner invitation over to the king's house, and you can or serve. Safe, <laughs> or maybe, or maybe Dean can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody's going to get to uh, to him at some stage. Um, is there a good Bitcoin scene yet in Jordan? Have you um, managed to get a meetup going or, or something? Yeah, a few a few guys, like a handful of guys. Um, not many um, 
girls as well, but they're getting into it as well. But you know, it's it's filled with young kids like in their early twenties who are like <laughs> sharing charts about some shit coins and stuff like that. You know, crypto it's, curious. It's part of the learning process. <laughs> <laughs> It's part of the learning, you know. Oh, well, you can tell them now what's going on behind the scenes, and at least you have the the proof to back it up. You have the boots on the ground knowledge. It's not just you saying, that's a scam, that's a scam. You can sit down and show them even conversations that you've had and um, communications that you've had to to prove that you've been behind enemy lines, you know what's going on, and you know how to expose these people. So I would imagine something you might want a slide at the very least to to um to put into your workshop so you can just back up your claims and help people understand especially when they're coming in this is why we don't go there because that's a scammy as all hell so just keep it very very focused this is why we put the laser eyes on people and uh you will be set free so i'll, I'll thanks for the note i'll end it with um with why i don't do that talia okay. i had a friend who I had a friend that I was trying to convince to buy Bitcoin and he bought some shitcoin. Uh, that was before the last bull market. That particular shitcoin, 10x what Bitcoin <laughs> did. And it's like, you know, I'm glad that I didn't buy Bitcoin. Now, during the bear market, that shitcoin collapsed by 97%. <laughs> so I, I just said nothing to him. And then he came to me and he said, you know what? I should have bought Bitcoin. Uh. Wow, damn. Well, keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, your your DMs are open, I believe, if anybody wants to get hold of you. And yep. um, yeah, okay. So reach out, guys. Reach out to Mutinous if you've got uh, any further questions or want to say hi or collaborate in any way. I'd love to collaborate in, in any way, shape or form in any Bitcoin-based company. I'd love to do that. Excellent. All right, brother. Well, take care and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Always. See ya. Well, guys, there you have it. Out of the mouth of somebody who did the deep dive, went behind enemy lines to try and figure out what the hell is going on in VC crypto land. And it's all pretty disgusting, as you can see. And this is on the back, actually. I'm releasing this after a little tweet storm I put out there about Real Vision um, and the, their fall from grace, which is such a, a huge shame because when they when they first came onto the scene back in 2014, 15, they were doing incredible content and helping so many people understand what was going on in the world of finance. I gained a lot of knowledge from them. And I was actually introduced to Bitcoin via that platform as well. But to see what happened from late 2020 onwards when they just got caught up in this grift of easy money piling in to shill, to use the platform to shill crypto coins, Web3, DeFi, anything like that just exposes what can happen when you get captured by one of these, these funds that are just there praying on just general plebs preying on retail they want you to buy this stuff they need you to buy this stuff nobody in the bitcoin space needs you to buy bitcoin you buy bitcoin at the price you deserve you've got to do your own research you have to do the proof of work proof of work is listening to podcasts reading books 
watching YouTube videos, creating your own conviction. Proof of stake is jumping on the train at the next crypto coin just to be in before the next guy so you can get out and <laughs> so you can get out for more fiat. I mean, like, yeah, this that's not what we're here for, guys. Nothing even close to that. So I hope this has gone a long way to helping you understand what's going on out there. It might even give you a, a few more bullets to fire back at um, any shitcoiners or, you know, strengthen your argument against uh, friends and family that uh, are not seeing eye to eye with, uh, with what you see. It's all about rounding out our knowledge and, and helping each other. And uh, thank you, Mutinous, for coming on and for doing the work that you did. Now, please make sure you check out the show sponsors. You know who they are. Swan Bitcoin, Coin Corner, and Relay can all help you stack your sets. WasabiWallet.io can help you start learning about CoinJoin and whether that is a service that you would like to use. Shift Crypto can help you stack safely with their Bitbox O2 Bitcoin-only hardware wallet. If you want to get across to a conference, Swan are throwing Pacific Bitcoin in November. Hit the link in the show notes. Liberty in our lifetime is about to happen in Prague. And if you want to orange pill your friends and family who do not speak English, head over to Consensus Network, where you can buy as many books as they can translate into as many different languages as possible. It's a pleb movement. It's really uh, the best place to go and buy Bitcoin books. So forget Amazon for that. Go and check out Consensus Network. And if you want some streetwear, some cool merch, check out what Mr. Crown and Max bit by bit are doing over at Ungovernable Misfits. My link tree is in the show notes. You can hit that for all of the other cool Bitcoin projects that are offering you, the plebs, discounts. For example, Play Shamry. Just hit that link and you will get discounts on any of the card games that you buy or any of the books that you buy just simply by hitting that link and, uh, and using the code. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope this one helped you. Take care, and I look forward to the next show.